I'm quite sure that the whole work was complete in five minutes and equally sure it never received at my hands any retouching or correction. <laughs> Which is funny because he also goes on to say, I have no natural gift of rhythm. All the other <laughs> verses I have ever written are manufactured articles. This came like a day spring from on high. I have never been able to gain once more the same fervor in verse. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funka. And I'm Cara Debro. Today we will be talking about one of my all-time favorite hymns, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go. We'll be talking about the incredible suffering that went into the writing of this song, the bright hope that it reminds us of, and why rainbows are actually a really beautiful picture of God's faithfulness. But first, we want to make a brief appeal to those of you watching or listening to this podcast. If you like us, and I mean really like us, there are a few ways you can support us. Of course, like and share this episode with friends or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast service that you're listening to on that really, really helps. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter over at himpartial.com or the best way, the most extremely amazing way that you can support us is to go over to ko-fi.com slash impartial and consider supporting us financially. This helps us pay the bills and will open up some more avenues for us to bring you better and better content. That's ko-fi.com slash impartial. Consider joining us in membership today yep so i've had dips on this hymn for a while and had originally planned that it would be a great valentine's day episode (laughs) but i've been singing it a lot recently and it's been on my mind Mm -hmm. um and before we start i'm curious monet do you know this hymn do you have any particular history with it i know this hymn very well and uh yeah and i love it i guess my history is brief maybe like the last handful of years um, we definitely sung it a handful of times at our church. Um, and yeah, love it. Love it. You'll love it even more in a minute. <laughs> okay, so let's just dive in then. Oh, Love That Will Not Let Me Go was written by a guy called Dr. George Matheson. He was Glaswegian by birth. Really? Mm. Why did I think this was written by a woman? Is that just the sexes of me? <laughs> Look, men can have feelings they have too. Feelings. <laughs> yes. They can write poetry. In fact, many of the great poets were men. Oh, of course, yes. Anyway, he was later a minister in Edinburgh. So he was born, we were almost birthday buddies. He was born 27th of March, oh. 1842. And his earlier. dad was a, a merchant here in Glasgow. Okay. Yeah. So a little Glasgow pride, you know, yeah, this for one? sure. I mean, the traitor went to Edinburgh. There's a rivalry <laughs> between the two cities. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I have to say about his life is actually largely in relation to the lyrics of this hymn. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. But basically, he had problems with his sight from a very young age. And at some point when he was at university, he discovered that he was going to lose his sight and that there was nothing that could be done about it. Wow. Yeah, so reports kind of vary on whether he was sort of the 17 to 20 age range when he actually fully went blind, Uh, but he did Mm -hmm. go blind in the end. Mm -hmm. He lived a decently long life. He never married. He's an excellent academic, but his blindness made obviously writing papers and stuff really quite difficult. He did write several theological books and a bundle of hymns, but eventually he just, he became a minister and he was really good at it. Apparently, he was a captivating preacher and people would come from all over Scotland to hear him preach. Wow. Yeah. So a gifted man in many ways. 
On August 28th, 1906, he died pretty suddenly, actually, of a stroke. He was in Berwick, which is a little border town on the border of um, England and Scotland. Mm -hmm. I think you can concede that his life was one of suffering, which we'll get to a bit in a moment, but he didn't waste it. He did write books, he pastored faithfully, and he didn't let self-pity overcome his usefulness. Mm. So even though he was like, I really just, I can't be an academic anymore, he didn't just sit in a corner and do nothing. He was like, well, how else can I use my gifts to serve God? Yeah. And I think that's quite a noble thing. So because there's so much to say about the song itself, I'm just going to give a brief new, a brief note on the music. Mm-hmm. It was written within Matheson's lifetime mm-hmm. and was written specifically for his lyrics because the weird meter, they didn't have anything to fit it at the time. Mm-hmm. It was composed by Dr. Alfred Lister Peace, an accomplished organist. <laughs> a strange name, yes. Uh, peace is in like war and peace, not as in peace is in like a little bit of something. That's what I was thinking. But then as soon as you started explaining, I was like, was his name peace? Like piece of string? No, <laughs> no peace, I was like, thinking peace. I have peace like a river. Like peace be with you. Yeah. Uh, when I say that Dr. Peace was accomplished, this guy was appointed organist at his local parish church at the age of nine. Oh, wow. Like, That's that's was young. he like a buff baby or something? Because you, have, I feel like you have to have endurance to play the organ. It's yeah. like so like, involved. We're talking about back in the day when it's like stops and yeah. multiple um, levels and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so he was also the organist for Glasgow Cathedral once he was older. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was quite something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we meet him in 1884 when the music for the Scottish hymnal was being compiled. And Matheson's hymn didn't have a tune and it had, like I said, a strange meter. So Peace wrote a tune for it, which he called St. Margaret. And he said, I wrote the music straight off and may say that the ink of the first note was hardly dry when I had finished the tune. Mm. So he wrote it pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. uh, which is funny because Matheson wrote the words to this hymn really quickly as well. Really? Yeah, it's funny story anyway before we dive into the lyrics it's worth saying that the indelible grace is worth saying that indelible grace revamped the tune mm-hmm. um it was a few years back now and although i first learned the old tune st margaret's i much prefer the new one yeah like the old one's a bit yeah i don't like it it's a little bit what's the word it sounds old it's kind of warbly it is warbly is the right word it's just a little bit like even singing it in real time in 2022 it almost sounds like someone's playing an old record yeah you know but it's not a bad tune it's just a dated tune i think that's what it is people don't sing it in a very clean way they kind of slide up and down so it's like oh love that will let me go yeah, it like, is. <laughs> stop sliding and just sing it nice and crisp. Anyway, yes. um, Indelible Grace, much more upbeat. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so, it feels like it fits it a little bit. It does. More. It's more yeah. cheerful. Yeah. And I think this is a cheerful song, and I will make my case. Yeah. So, the song. This is a bit I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. I've had a conflicted past with these words, and I've come out the other side with a conclusion that I unapologetically love them. <laughs> As you should. So, Monet, would you mind reading them first? Oh, yeah, no problem. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul to thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths it flow, may richer, fuller be. 
O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshines blaze its day, may brighter, fairer be. O joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain, and feel the promise is not vain, that morn shall tearless be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead, and from the ground their blossoms red, life that shall endless be. It's beautiful. It's so nice. <laughs> I really like it. So there's more than one story about the circumstances behind the writing of this hymn. Mm. Um, in a sense, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. <laughs> um, it was definitely written at the manse of Inellen, Edinburgh, where Matheson was the minister. Mm -hmm. And it was the evening of June the 6th, 1882. Okay. So one story goes that his sister, who had been such a help to him, was getting married the next day in Glasgow. And everyone in his, else in his family had like gone over to celebrate. And for whatever reason, he was still there in Edinburgh. And I'm sure he was happy for her, but you have to understand that they had been really close and he would really, really feel her loss. So mm. because he'd been blind, she'd been one of the people that was kind of like helping him with his writing and his studying and stuff. And she'd gone and learned Latin, Greek and Hebrew just to help him in his studies. Wow. And had also been helping him in his pastoral duties. Mm -hmm. So not only would he feel the loss, but it also brought back the pain of something that had happened a few years earlier. Mm. So when he was at university, he'd been engaged to a young lady. But when he broke the news to her that there was nothing he could do about his deteriorating, deteriorating eyesight and that he would be blind for life, she left him. I think I've heard this story before. Yeah. She just said, like, I don't want to be married to a blind guy for the rest of my life. Is it true? Yes, that did happen. Mm. Um, but whether that was what was going through his mind, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So another story goes that Matheson was having serious doubts about his faith. So we're talking Victor Victorian era. Mm -hmm. So he lived in an age where religion and science were really kind of being pitted against each other um, because of the theories of people like Darwin and a number of others who you know, were kind of really prominent at the time. Hmm. And on that evening, he'd got to the point where he was just like, I have all these doubts. Should I just quit the ministry altogether? I've got to make a decision. And the story goes that as he wrestled with it, he had this profound feeling that there was something that just wouldn't let him go. Hmm. And that something was the love of Christ. Wow. And with this realization came huge relief from which this hymn was written. Mm -hmm. So we don't know for sure. We know what Matheson himself said, which was that I was at that time alone. It was the day of my sister's marriage and the rest of the family were staying overnight in Glasgow. Something had happened to me which was known only to myself and which caused me the most severe mental suffering. It was the quickest bit of work I ever did in my life. I had the impression rather of having it dictated to me by some inward voice than of working on it by myself. Wow. I'm quite sure that the whole work was complete in five minutes and equally sure it never received at my hands any retouching or correction. <laughs> Which is funny because he also goes on to say, I have no natural gift of rhythm. All the other <laughs> verses I have ever written are manufactured articles. This came like a day spring from on high. I have never been able to gain once more the same fervor in verse. Wow. Yeah. 
So, we don't know. He said it was rough, and that's why he wrote the hymn, but who knows what went on. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful, though, to think about how such a such a beautiful hymn came out of just, like, thin air almost, mm. you know? I think maybe we could be a bit... In our culture, we're like, we are, we are obsessed with the mystical. We're like, ooh, like, you know, yeah. you heard of, I mean, so we have to be careful. But there's obviously a lot of encouragement to see that like someone who's steeped in the scriptures, mm. who's surrounded by real life, yep. can still like out of his heart, even out yeah. of his agony, just yeah, like write such a lovely hymn. I mean, agony can be very inspiring yeah (laughs) sadly so yeah whatever the combination of events that led to this painful evening for him it did cause Matheson to realize just how holy he had to cast himself upon God Mm. and I think that's why this song rings so true Mm. um I've heard like I've heard a lot of people say that they don't like it because it's too flowery with all like it's talk Mm. of rainbows and things yeah but I think there's also a weight behind this song and, you know, the guy who wrote it, he understood what it was to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's continued to bear fruit because it's comforted so many others in their suffering since then. So, you know, the lesson from it is like God can and does use you in your pain. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget who gave us rainbows. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> let's take a look at the lyrics then. Yeah. I think it's beautiful that this song begins with love not letting us go Mm -hmm. specifically the love of god Mm -hmm. and it's just such a joy and a comfort and like a relief to know that we can rest our weary souls there Mm because i don't know about you but my soul has been weary recently yes yes yeah it's also important where he says i give thee back the life i owe because yeah. yeah it's like he this, gave it to you yeah <laughs> he, he Matheson understood that he was like yeah I don't only have life because God's given it to me and so I kind of owe it to him anyway and it's only kind of in the ocean depths of God's mercy that we can be renewed and restored mm-hmm. so when you feel like Psalm 55 6 where David says I said oh that I had the wings of the dove I would fly away and be at rest remember the familiar verses of Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 also exist. Mm. Yeah, uh, it reads, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. It's great. Sorry. I'm just going to jump in there with a Monet ramble. I think um, we take such comfort in hymns like this that point us to scripture passages like this um, because they're true. Mm-hmm. And this life, I don't care if you're a billionaire, millionaire, or if you're completely skint and don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Like, you know what it feels to have a, a weary soul. Yeah. You know what it feels to be uh, overburdened and to have this sweet promise from God that you can rest in him. And I like what the lyrics say. I like the kind of like, I don't know what you'd call it. I'm going to totally show <laughs> how much I'm not a hymn nerd or a music nerd, but 
the the ends of each of the verses has mm-hmm. like this little reflection like may richer fuller be may brighter fairer be whatever and so this first verse where he's saying i rest my weary soul in thee i'm giving you my life and um, i'm gonna jump into that ocean of your mercy and may richer fuller be in that like that's what i'm gonna like to rest in you i'm gonna be richer and fuller yeah those are great truths to cling to in weariness because you're like well i can't pull myself up by my bootstraps and get better Mm. i can't just like ride it out and get better like i have to dive into the comforts of god Mm -hmm. and there i will be yes yeah this is part of my case for why this is actually a really hopeful song and Mm. not a depressing one is these Mm. little reflections at the end where he says these things like Sure, I'm weary, but my life's going to be richer and fuller mm-hmm. in Christ. And, you know, it's going to be brighter and fairer in Christ mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all these things. Um, So, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful all the mm-hmm. way through. <laughs> the second verse reminds us that God's word is a light to all our paths, even the difficult ones. Even though he may only light one step at a time sometimes, he still lights the way. So... Matheson clearly understood that we rely completely upon God for all that we have and are Mm -hmm. and for where we're going. And it's only in going back and back and back to the light of Christ and his word that we ourselves can be strengthened to shine brighter. Mm. And it's also, I think it's such a sweet contrast that we're like this feeble flickering torch and then God is like blazing sunshine. Yeah, (laughs) Um, And you get this beautiful picture of the blinding glory of God in Habakkuk 3, 4. So it reads, his radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand and there is the hiding of his power. And of course, you've also got the classic Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, And God's light is life giving. You see this in the ironic blessing. We quote it shorthand at the end of our episodes when we say, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the longer version is, and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Mm. Yeah. Which when you think of what it meant for his face to shine upon you, I mean, there's so many images in scripture, but you think about um, Moses when he just saw the backside of God's glory, mm-hmm. how his face shone like yeah. so much that like he had to put a veil over his face. It was like scaring the mm-hmm. Israelites, you know, they're like, ah, like your face. And that was just like the back of him. Yeah. You know? That was like the dimmest part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the dark side of the moon, you know? And yet that like, that's how radiant God is that like, yeah. To see him face to face. You're like, what? I actually think, you know, just to, just to be rude and cut you off. Um, that second verse might be my favorite verse in this hymn well, now. Remember it's written by a blind guy as well. Yes. Like he can't see anything, but he's like, God's lighting my ways. I mean, I always kind of thought the next verse, which we'll talk about in a second, was my favorite. But that one, I think I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray. Like none of this is mine, mm-hmm. you know, that in thy sunshine's blaze its day. Like, so even that is like, and then that little reflection may brighter, fairer be. It's yeah. like, can it get even more mm-hmm. 
like radiant like yes you know right right now as we're recording this we've got these giant studio lights blinding us and it's like even brighter than those studio lights you know like brighter Faraby just mm-hmm. by walking in the light of God it's yes. it's a beautiful picture I love yeah. it and he seems to get that like in the first two verses he really gets this thing about like all of this is from God mm-hmm. and we're weak and mm. unable in ourselves and it's only in casting ourselves upon God mm. that we are anything yeah and I, I really love that about this hymn is that that wholehearted reliance on God yes um I think that's part of the comfort is like when you're in a bad place you're like well I can't do anything it's like no you can't <laughs> but God can yes um so you're saying verse three is you thought verse three was your favorite mm-hmm it's probably the most poetic mm-hmm. in terms of imagery and mm-hmm. it's often the ones that people are like Ugh, about. they're like yucky they're just like <laughs> you'll be talking about flowers next <laughs> um but it's very biblical if yes. you stop and look at it like i love that we're doing nothing again in this yes. verse um we're very obviously in pain mm-hmm. but it's a joy it's joy that's seeking us we're mm. not seeking joy um, so yeah, again, it's God that comes to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like such a, con- a contradiction. Like how can joy and pain possibly go together? Mm. Because we think of them as opposites. Like how can you be joyful if you're in pain? Mm. Obviously joy is like, I'm happy and everything's good. Mm. And that's just not true. Like I know you'd probably say the same, Monet, but like, I've kind of been relearning joy a bit recently Mm. (laughs) through some pretty intense pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's this learning to trust in Christ and to find Mm. your satisfaction and your hope in him, regardless of your outward circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think like this, this, I just had a light bulb moment as we were talking, you know, the way that Matheson refers to God as O love, O light, O joy, mm-hmm. and then O cross. Like to think about these names that he's giving God. Mm-hmm. And there's something so pure and and like hitting the nail on the head to say, O joy, and to speak of God in that way. Yeah. Because like he is, like he mm-hmm. is joy. And I I mean we think about how common his grace is that he gives happiness and joy and health and wealth and prosperity and all that to people who don't know him, but those things are from him. Yes. It is like the, it's like the borrowed ray, just to go back to my new favorite verse, (laughs) you know, like we need the sunlight for everything like you know to light our homes to grow our food to mm-hmm. set our circadian all of this stuff the stuff but those rays are they're just the product of the source like mm-hmm. you know th- that's coming from the sun and so I do feel like I love that oh joy that seekest me it's like God is actually like hold up where you at where you at like I'm gonna come get you and yeah. when I when I get to you I'm going to meet your pain with me. Cause you know? I, I feel like so often when you're in pain, you're just so incapable yeah. of doing anything. And so for God to have that grace to be like, look at you, you're like curled up in the fetal position and can't mm. move. Cause you're mm. just, yeah. And then he comes to you and he like, he helps you and mm-hmm. 
yeah he seeks you out in that mm-hmm. and doesn't just be like oh they're there or ignore you or whatever mm-hmm. like he knows that you can't yes. do anything yourself another argument for singing the psalms because <laughs> yep. when you sing the psalms obviously there's this full range of emotion being dealt with there and you could obviously come to God with all of your pain and your heart. And you see like David speak time and time again about this heart wrenching Mm -hmm. pain that he's in. But then he's like, but God, you're so good. Well, one of the songs I've been listening to, like I have a playlist I just put on shuffle, but it's been coming up. And then I was like, I actually went and specifically listened to it a few times recently. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who it's by or what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's based on a psalm yeah. and the refrain is how long how long till these tears are gone yeah and i'm like oh yes <laughs> it's so true yes and you could sing that with tears yeah because of the joy that has sought you out but it's such a joyful you know? song as well yeah like yeah. it's well it's not because it's like how long till these tears are gone but it's like it's hopeful it's comforting yeah yes Okay, so we're coming to the bit people hate. <laughs> We've got a rainbow. Uh, um, and this is where the non-poets can start to get a bit eye-rolly. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a reminder of God's mm. covenant that mm-hmm. though it will rain, he'll never again flood the earth. Like, mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it in Genesis nine twelve to 16. Um, yes, let me read that for us. Um, and God said... This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Right? So it's a promise of his patience and faithfulness, Mm -hmm. even when it looks like things are bad. And let's not forget that a bow is a weapon of war. (laughs) like honestly like the lord is so wonderful that he made his promise a beautiful thing to behold Mm -hmm. because like i'm gonna set my bow in the symbol of power yes (laughs) he's not like "Mm, let me just send a butterfly to you which would also be beautiful he's like let me just remind you who's in charge (laughs) for for whatever reason i think we've kind of diminished that because we're like oh it's cute and colorful and pretty and it goes with butterflies and flowers which are kind of very girly and twee and it's like, but it's so much more powerful than that. It is a bit difficult now, too, because of the Alphabet Soup crew who have hijacked the rainbow yeah. to be their symbol of their kind of movement. And like... Well, it is a symbol of rebellion. It's it's like daring God. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's like, we, we're going to take the thing that you, that you, you yeah, have Yeah, it's set. like you promised not to destroy us. So like, we're going to see how far we can go. Yeah. Push you on that. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, the reality is like, that's a passing... That's a passing thing. Yeah. You know, like the history books will mark this time in history when the rainbow was hijacked and then it'll be like not a thing. The truth is he never promised not to destroy the earth. He promised not to flood the earth again. Yes. (laughs) And his patience won't last forever. No. I think like tracing the rainbow through the rain, it's remembering that although it all appears like wet and miserable and thunder and lightning, 
and you feel like maybe you're an inch from drowning, but there's light there and there's Mm -hmm. promise Mm -hmm. and God is faithful. And, you know, on the subject of this joy, you've got Romans 12, 12, which is well worth memorizing and taking with you as you go. And it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Or, you know, less known but equally excellent, Psalm 94, verse 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. I really like that verse. (laughs) (laughs) That's been a good one recently as well. Yes. Definitely worth memorizing. Mm. So, yeah, like poetic and pretty, though this verse may be, it has the steadying weight of scripture behind Mm -hmm. it. And I think we need to remember that and... And just not be so quick to dismiss. It's my second favorite verse now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we haven't even finished the hymn yet. And she's already like, okay, we're re-ranking everything. Okay, so we are on the final verse though. We have hope. Um, And this verse, it always reminds me of Psalm 3.3. Could you Mm. read that for us? Yes, yes, yes. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I've always liked that phrase, like the lifter of my head. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he lifts up our heads. And so, you know, we find ourselves in our pain and despair at the foot of the cross. And we lift our heads to see Christ and we see what he's done for us. And I think this this song culminates in the ultimate display of God's unfailing love and Mm -hmm. his faithfulness to Mm -hmm. us. And, you know, the idea of like, I dare not ask to fly from thee. Mm -hmm. It makes me think back to Peter when the crowds all like, they disperse in in the gospels and then Mm. Jesus turns to the disciples and he's like, oh, are you going to leave me as well? And Peter's just like, well, where else would we go? Because you've got the words of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so where else would we go? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful verse. I love that um that I, that next line, I lay in dust, life's mm-hmm. glory dead. You know, like I just feel like you could just sit and think on that for a long time, you know. Like in my understanding, right? I lay in dust, life's glory dead, like all of this all of this is past us and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like without life in me. And mm-hmm. yet like that life shall endless be like yeah. I have like when, when I'm crusty in the, in the ground and nobody mm-hmm. can be like, come and shake my hand anymore. Yeah. I still have this abundance yes. of life in front of yeah. me because of, because of the cross. Yeah. And I think the truth is that no matter what troubles and sorrows and, you know, utter devastation we face in this life. Our biggest, deepest problem has already been dealt with Mm -hmm. as Christians. Mm. We did lie in dust, life's glory dead, Mm -hmm. and Christ's blood has been spilled in love Mm -hmm. for us that Mm -hmm. we may live. And it's like, whatever you're facing in your life right now, the biggest problems in all of our lives is exactly the same. Mm. It doesn't matter who you are. The greatest problem you have is your sin Mm. and the separation it causes between you and God. But that was all taken care of at the cross. And so we have this hope and this eternal life. 
Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that. It, I do love that this hymn, like it does talk about all this pain and it culminates in the cross and you think mm. that's weird, but it's not weird because mm-hmm. all of this was dealt with mm-hmm. in what Christ did. And so, you know, you can face whatever brand of pain it is that you're facing mm. because you know that your hope is in Christ and in his love for you. Mm. That love is an unfailing love. It's one that won't let you go. It's one that guides your path, that comes to you and comforts you in pain. Mm-hmm. And it brings you abundant and eternal life. Yes. And makes you right with God. And as I was preparing this episode, I came across a passage in the Valley of Vision. Nice. Which is, if you Sorry. don't know, you need to go read it. It's I this mean, book of pure and Y'all get ready. Prayer. She's about to just drop the <laughs> mic on you. <laughs> this is so relevant. The, the, even the images that it uses are so relevant to this yeah. hymn. The prayer is entitled The Love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like I said, some of the imagery is so relevant. So the, the section is, let his love warm me, lighten my burden, be my heaven. May it be more revealed to me in all its influences that my love to him may be more fervent and glowing. Let the mighty tide of his everlasting love cover the rocks of my sin and care. Then let my spirit float above those things which else had wrecked my life. Make me fruitful by living to that love, my character becoming more beautiful every day. If traces of Christ's love artistry be upon me, may he work on with his divine brush until the complete image be obtained and I be made a perfect copy of him, my master. Amen to that. Yes, I'm glad I wore waterproof (laughs) mascara (laughs) yeah it's it's just so beautiful that is really beautiful Mm. and i think you know that should be a prayer that all of us pray Mm -hmm. uh that through the sorrow and the pain that god would hold us fast and that he'd use it to make us more like him Mm -hmm. and so i just want to finish with encouragement from romans 6 8 first if you would read that for us money Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. Well, I got to say, I you're right. I love the hymn even more now. It's a beautiful hymn that really speaks to who God is and and how we benefit as selfish as that sounds from being in Christ and having that fellowship and that communion with him. And that's a great comfort in pain, um, in darkness, when we are facing our grave, we know that there is much more to be gained in Christ. And um, I'm grateful that a former Glaswegian wrote this hymn so I could like, you know, be like, represent. Not that I'm Glaswegian. Um, and thank you so much for bringing one of your favorite hymns to us. I think the, I think those listening will really benefit from. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard this hymn before, let us know because we. This is definitely a favorite of mine. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, like go Google it now. Listen <laughs> to the Indelible Grace, and then go over to Coffee.com and tip us for letting you know about this epic hymn. Buy us a cup of coffee as a thank you at Kofi.com yeah. slash hymn partial. Um, and if you're real broke, at least sign up for our weekly newsletter, which yeah. is totally free at himpartial.com. Until next time, we pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.